welcome to the Mind Your P's podcast, a purposeful leader's guide. So we believe in all the P's, people, purpose, planet, philanthropy, pizza, Prosecco. And this week we're chatting to Andy Lothian, who's the founder and group CEO of Insights Group, a global company dedicated to increasing self-awareness in people, teams, leaders and global organisations. Andy, an absolute pleasure to have you here. How are you doing? That's another P. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure for me and it's a privilege too, Caroline. And everything's perfect. <laughs> How many peas can we get in one? <laughs> How many peas in a pod? Yeah. Love it. Andy, listen, tell us about um, what's happening for you right now. We're in the middle of another big pea pandemic and insights and uh, what's happening there. Yeah, certainly there's a lot of pressure in the pandemic, but uh, it's been an interesting time. And I think... Um, most purposeful organizations have been thinking about how do we stay on purpose because that's the root of resilience you know staying connected to why you're doing what you're doing lets you look beyond the now of this pandemic mess that we're in so we've been doing a bit of that we've been asking the question uh if coronavirus was a teacher what's it teaching us and how do we learn make our organization more effective uh on the back of that um been an interesting ride um i think when uh for, for a lot of organizations, this has been an existential crisis. And it's at times like that, that purpose becomes really important so that you can then uh, then begin to respond purposefully rather than to react to the situation. So that's what we've been doing, responding, reinventing the business, thinking about how we move to digital and virtual. Almost all of our work uh, in our core business insights was face-to-face. And so it's a big deal when you can't meet people. But then again, there's some good things about that. You know, right at the start of the pandemic, we talked about this notion of social distancing. And we said, you know, day two of lockdown, we thought we would do a, a webinar. And uh, I was invited to, to, to come do this webinar for, the, for, the, for our, our customers. Within 24 hours of, of opening this up, we said, we're just going to have a chat about the pandemic and how we're going to respond. Within 24 hours, we had 1,000 registrations. And we talked about this idea of social distancing. It's not social distancing, it's physical distancing because we're social beings. So out of this pandemic, we learn things about that. We learn about rediscovering our humanity. Um, so that's what that's some of the things I've been doing, Caroline. What have you been doing? <laughs> We've been very busy with your help, of course, Andy. Well, there was this other little thing that, uh, that happened, <laughs> this uh, Social Good Connect platform, which is just so exciting and so inspiring. And you know what? Sometimes I think when you're on purpose, these things emerge. I think what you're doing at Social Good Connect is a real example of that. You know, four of us getting on a Zoom call the second week of lockdown, bemoaning our fate over a gin and, gin and tonic one night few, and asking the question, uh, or a few, and how, how, how do we stay on purpose? What, how can we, we're going to have furloughed people. What, what can we do? And out of that came the acceleration of Social Good Connect and this phenomenal platform that you've built that uh, that connects employer-led volunteers with the real social need. So that's a great example of why purpose is important, I think. Yeah, thanks, Andy. Appreciate that. It's been a, it's been a hell of a ride for sure. And, uh, you know, lots of support there from you. But so listen, tell me about, you know, as, as some of the companies we speak to will say, well, you know, this is a challenging, evolving journey for our business. And we don't have as much clarity about our purpose as we should do. And we obviously talk about purposes, you know, your company's reason for being beyond profit, the positive contribution you make to the world. What's what's your thoughts on that? What's Insight's reason for being? 
Well, insects' reason for being, we, we, it took us a long time to to codify it and document it and write it down, but we had a sense of it from it, the early days. And our purpose is to create a world where people truly understand themselves and others and are inspired to make a positive difference in everything they do. So that that combines a lot of the things that are important to us, this idea of self-awareness and helping people understand really why they're here, who they are, how they show up, who others are and how we connect and work together and serve each other. And then in that very towards positive way. So to create a world where people truly understand themselves and others and are inspired to make a positive difference in everything they do. But it took us probably oh, 15 years before we could actually write it down in that way. So we had a sense of what where we were going and what we were trying to do. And we could kind of talk about it and we had a, a real feel for it, but we just didn't codify it in that way. I was going to ask you this because, you know, it's so clear, it's got so much clarity, but were people receptive to this message of self-awareness in the early days? That's a great question. Um, I think this journey of self-discovery has been, been around as long as humans have been conscious, but it certainly wasn't front and center in the, the, the corporate world when we started. It was, uh, it was a journey. You know, they used to call this stuff, Caroline, uh, the soft skills, the soft and fluffy stuff. Actually, it's human skills now. And as we come out of the, the pandemic, what are the things that, that we've learned? We've learned about being resilient. We've learned about being agile. We've learned about being creative and innovative in our organizations to survive. We've had to. Um, so all of those soft, you know, we've learned about how to communicate and, and replicate in some sense a social connection using technology. Uh, learn about how to collaborate with, all those soft skills are human skills that we need coming out of the pandemic. They weren't quite as front and center when we started. You know, after the, after the, the Second World War, I guess, when organizations began to, everybody came out of the, the army and it was all these militaristic approaches to top down strategy deployment and so on, all of which is great. But the human, be, we, we called it personnel, didn't we? Um, then it became human resources. And now we're talking about people, which is a very different thing. And just the changes in language that we see. So the, the idea of self-awareness, you know, why would you spend time navel-gazing at work when we started? But, uh, but I think over time, there's been that dawning, that dawning of consciousness that, uh, as Jung put it, there is no cure and no improving of the world that does not begin with the individual, him or herself. So understanding self is the starting point of, of, of all development for human beings. It's the starting point of leadership. It's the starting point of understanding how to play a role in a team. It's also very difficult. Understanding self is a bit like trying to bite your own teeth. It's a tough <laughs> thing to do, but it's a journey. And so yeah, it's definitely changed over time, for sure, Carly. You know, I think what's so powerful about that is the space that, that we are talking about and that we work in is that over time, businesses have started to understand that actually they can be a force for good as well as their, their core product or service that they deliver. But it has been years in the making and an overtime piece. You, you also sit on the ESG board at IOD. Don't you tell us a bit about, about what you do there? I do. Just uh, interested in the, you know, the, just the phrasing of your question, you know, as w to, 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 to do good as well as our core product. And, and that's, that's really interesting because it isn't as well, but it's also an integrated thing. 
right? What if in everything we did, we were purposeful? What, what if in everything we did, we were thinking about environmental issues and sustainability issues and, and, and good governance in a way that's not policing organizations, but the framework that supports organizations? Um, what if, uh, and this shift is definitely happening, what if instead of moving from a tick box around CSR, where it's a little box on the website somewhere, so when somebody's investigating whether they want to work with us, that oh yeah, we can tick that box in the RFP. Instead of that, it's part of a way of being. It's part of a way that everybody shows up every day and thinks, uh, you know, how do we do well by doing good? Whatever the the industry, whatever the application, we add value, but we do well by doing good. That 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 principle, I think, is. Is really quite important, and so the shift, the shift from CSR as as a as, as an add-on to CSR and ESG is a fundamental part of the fabric of the, the many P's that you talked about. You know, purpose, people, planet, profit, uh, every, all the other P, philanthropy, all the other P's. That it's just, it's just there. It's um, it's a bit like breathing. We don't think about it quite so much. Um, and I think we're seeing huge societal shifts in that way in many, many areas that things that we were very uh, conscious about years ago, now, now we're just part of our, our way of being. So um, issues like uh, diversity and inclusion, still big issues, still got to, to pay attention to it. Um, there are still, you know, fundamentally challenging race issues in the world. But more and more, we're moving, them, moving parts of that from being if you like, uh, unconscious incompetence, not even being aware of it at all, to being at least conscious competence in these spaces. And ESG or CSR is very much part of that for me. Yeah, I, you know, I think you're absolutely, it's the, it's the integral part. It's the beating heart, isn't it? It's the core of the, everything falls off. We, um, we, we've talked to a couple of our, our podcast guests about, yeah, you know, does what comes first? Is it people? Is it purpose? Is it profit? How, how would you answer that, Andy? So um, in traditional organizations, the answer was the purpose of a business is to make a profit. That really was. And then things came along, things like uh, the purpose of a business is to create and keep a customer. Um, but actually, whatever the purpose of your business, that for me is the starting point. Why are you doing what you're doing? Why? People, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do what you do. It's fundamental. And the reason I put that first is not that people are not at the top of that list as well, but you will attract, on purpose, you will attract the right people to your organization who will want to make that difference with you. So when the why is clear, you begin to build the culture of your organization and attract the people that want to be part of that culture and want to contribute to it. So how that leads to, to profit is that, well, that's where you get the discretionary effort that everybody, that everybody talks about. It's where you get the engagement. So for me, it's, it's, it's purpose and it's people. Profit's a result. Now, here's an important thing. Um, profit is not a bad word. Um, profit's important. I, I, I like to say that profit is like oxygen. It's not the reason you get up in the morning, but it kind of helps you get through your day, right? So, you know, as you build Social Good Connect, one of the things that you have to do is you have to get it to a place where it is sustainable and paying for itself. You're, not, you're a not-for-profit organization. You're not in it to make money, but you have to be 
profitable so that you can continue to grow it and develop it and do the great work. So profit's an enabler um, along the way. So purpose people then profit in that sequence, I would say. And how do you personally embody that, Andy? Because, you know, you and I have known each other for a few years now. And, and every time we meet, you, uh, you know, if, correct me, but you've got a personal a personal why, which is about adding value to people's lives that you meet, I think, is my yeah, take on it. That's kind of pretty close. Sounds, sounds very high and mighty when when I hear it, but that's pretty much it. It's pretty much it. It's how my, my, my question is, you know, right now, how may I serve? how may I serve? So when you very generously and kindly invited me to to join this podcast, I was thinking about that. How can I how can I serve Caroline and the audience that she's speaking to here? Um, it's a great question to ask. It's uh, it takes takes the focus away from what can I get, you know. And if I'm, someone once said, um, and I think we were talking about him the other day, Caroline, a, a fellow called Zig Ziglar, I think, said, "You can get whatever you want in life as long as you help enough other people get what they want." Um, and so there's something about that that's important. How do you how do you add value in that moment in the right way? And it doesn't always work, you know. Sometimes you're, 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 you force the help, you know. You help the old lady across the road, and actually she was waiting a bus on waiting for a bus on the first side, you know. But but no no, it's it is about saying how do I add value through service for sure. We've actually been through that, haven't we, with a friend of ours who actually <laughs> we have. Oh my goodness, they that did was pick up funny. an old lady. Literally, Caroline picked up an old lady and helped her across the road. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Andy, what on your CV would your family be most and least proud of? Oh, goodness, that's a great question. Um, I, I wonder if it's about the CV. So where my head went there, Caroline, is, is that the CV is an interesting thing. We get very caught up in the things that we do and we identify with the things that we've done and achieved. And... Um, it's back to this notion of we're not human doings, we're human beings, right? And if we are what we do, then when we don't, we're not. <laughs> and so my head went there first. But to answer your question, what would my family be most and least proud of? I think the least would probably be, um, I, get, I get obsessed with, with, with things sometimes. And I think... I've learned over the years to to give of myself more more to them. Um, in the early days of, of growing the business, I was obsessed with that and I was traveling a lot. And I remember when my eldest daughter, Jennifer, was, uh, when she was born, she, tiny little baby, I used to take her into the shower with me and stand under the shower. She loved it as a little, you know, just a little bundle in the shower. I used to hold her gently under the shower. And I came back from some trip and I took her into the shower to hold her and she'd grown arms and legs and was, I'd missed months and, and of, of her life and I I thought oh I've got, got to change so I began to put some rules in that helped with that so I, I would never be away for more than four sleeps they would say uh, how many sleeps till daddy's back so I think that's probably the, the least and um, I don't know what they'd say about the most um, I tell you, tell you what I think I'm most proud of about about the kids and it comes from Jane not from me she said she says all the time she says Andy don't deny them the satisfaction of achievement in other words the learning that our children need to do along the way 
um, is, is really important to let them experience that and not do too much for them. Let them learn and live. So uh, I hope they're proud that we have done that for them. Brilliant. What's your pet hate, Andy? My pet hate. So this is always paradoxical because my pet hate is pedantry and I'm the world's biggest pedant. Um, you know, it's it, what, what did Drucker say? Um, uh, the biggest waste of human potential is doing excellently well that which need not be done at all. So um, that the paradox in there is that I get I get very uh, uh, annoyed at the at pernickety things and inconsequential things, and yet uh, I've got I don't have uh, OCD. I've got CDO, which is OCD but with the letters in the right order, right? Um, so I think it's, it's probably somewhere in the space of pedantry, but again, in the paradox, and paradox is everywhere. Um, we, we, don't, we don't solve paradoxes, we manage them or we live with them, right? But in that paradox, I think the pedant, pedantry and language is important. Get it using the right words at the right time uh, feels important. But, but, the, but, but there's something in the space of, and, and probably that's a bit of a projection. So the thing that you, that you hate most is probably the thing that you hate most in yourself too. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. I'm glad you said it's not people asking you questions because that would be a problem. That's <laughs> right. It's nosy, nosy dandy <laughs> women. <laughs> so, you know, let's, let's just um, break it down a little bit, Andy. If, you know, there's, there's organisations out there doing amazing things for people who, who would you say is doing great stuff right now? Which individuals and companies, if we want to learn from, where would we go? Well, you know, we don't have to go too far, Caroline, because I know that some of the organizations right now that you're working with, you were telling me you, you got some time with uh, Darina from Uni uh, for one of your podcasts. And, you know, just look at what Uni are doing in terms of how they're engaging their people and what they're doing in terms of social good. It's, it's phenomenal. Or... Um, another organization that you and I both know know well, um, uh, Emma and Fergus of the Tartan Blanket Company, the sustainability work they're doing in creating their products. Um, so we, you don't have to go across the world to find big organizations that are doing it well. That said, there are, there are, there are obviously there are some really good, if I start with uh, connected to you, Bailey Gifford and um, you know, very, very successful, profitable organisations that are doing great things and supporting Social Good Connect. Um, Salesforce.com, it's another interesting organisation, are very committed to the notion of sustainable development and this, this idea of stakeholder capitalism, that employees are part of it, customers are part of it, the community is part of it, the planet's part of it. Um, they have spent something like or, or provided something like $1.1 billion worth of value of their IP to charities and organizations that wouldn't otherwise get it. Uh, and these are, you know, these are hard-nosed organizations that make a lot of money. They're very profitable and they do real valuable things in the world. And then, you know, when you look beyond the likes of, of those big corporations, even the way that a big organization like Starbucks thinks about sustainability and thinks about fairness in where their coffee comes from, it's important things like that. They're just integrated in the fabric of organizations. Um, but there are also brilliant organizations like Social Good Connect. You're doing this because you are on purpose. You're living your purpose every day, hard as it is, every day when you come in and think, 
goodness, where is where is the money going to come from to get to keep this thing building right now? It will come because you're on purpose. The universe will bring it will bring what you need to you. Um, mind you, there is that phrase that you know, God or the universe helps those who help themselves. So you've got to take the action as, as well. But nonetheless, Social Good Connect is a great example, and the way that you your team show up and how committed they are to the to the cause is quite amazing. Just amazing to watch how how through through the, the the pandemic and the furlough process, your team just were so, so tight. It was amazing. But then there are other social organizations that are also, they don't have to be social and not-for-profit organizations. But I think about uh, Social Bite, you know, Josh Littlejohn and the work he's doing in homelessness. Um, amazing organization. And then you can move all the way to the more charitable organizations, again, not-for-profit. But think of the purpose again. I think of one of my favorites, one of our favorites as an organization is, uh, is Mary's Meals. It co- you know, in, in Malawi, it costs £13.90 a year to feed a child in a place of education. And the social good that is being done by the organization is quite incredible. And 93% of all the donations that go to uh, Mary's meals go to the the cause, and three seven uh, percent is the is the administration uh, fees. So there are many organisations out there, and we're seeing it more and more. We don't have to be a charity. We don't even have to be a social enterprise that's not for profit. We can be a profit, a for profit business that does all these things too. Uh, yeah, Andy, honestly, and and you know what? Thanks for saying that about about the 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 team because it is about the people the people are so important and actually i, I caught up with darina this morning and and they've grown from 50 to 110 staff all recruited on zoom and you know that's a really tough job when we think back to the old days where you say you've got to meet someone face to face you know and actually mm-hmm. you don't you can turn it on its head you can as you described you can purpose attracts the right culture and and brings the right the right people in there's just there's just so many benefits from doing it we um, will we will do it again caroline we will have our um our, our, our dinner with some nice wine when all this is, is done for sure. But you know, the, the, the other uh, interesting thing about, about businesses like Uni, people say, well, they were lucky in the pandemic. Well, there's something about this thing called luck that's important here. Uh, you know, we could say that um, Social Good Connect was lucky because the pandemic accelerated the development of the platform and so on. But the reality is when when you're on purpose, it's about it's what Jim Collins calls maximizing your return on luck. So it's not about whether you're lucky or unlucky. It's when that cubic centimeter of chance appears in front of the, front of you, like Carlos Castaneda wrote about. You're able to grab it because you're looking for it and you see it. It's preparedness, you know, and that's where purpose comes in. When you're on purpose and you're thinking about uh, why you're doing what you're doing and thinking about moving through whatever the challenges are, you're ready to maximize your return on luck. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, I must study and prepare myself and one day my time will come. You know? Yes. How to be lucky. Yeah, how to be lucky. You're so lucky, someone said to me a couple of days ago. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is really hard. It's hard hard work. work, Determination, resilience. And there's so many great people out there that, that that are... that are preparing to be lucky right now. And, preparing uh, to be lucky and, and that's it and stay on purpose and the opportunities emerge. Yeah. For sure. So, um, 
you know, if, if others want to build, you know, purpose into their leadership style, um, where do they start, especially if they're, you know, a new leader in a well established organisation that, that perhaps lacks that people or purpose focus? What, what, what advice could we give them? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, uh, the answer for me is, is start where you are with what you've got and let the rest take care of itself. What do I mean by that? Start with self. And I think, you know, people talk about wanting to change the world. It's difficult to do that, but you can have an influence in the people directly around you. Um, so once you understand your own way of being, your own purpose, your own why, then the people around you will get that. They'll, they'll, and you can begin to manifest that around you. You don't have to reach out to other organizations. You can do it with your team. Uh, but it does start with self. And um, there's, a, there's a wonderful um, Japanese model called Ikigai. It's not really a model. It's a way of being. In fact, Ikigai means, literally means uh, life outcome or life event. But it, 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 we, we take it to mean in the West, a reason for being. And Ikigai lies at the center of the intersection of four circles. The first one is, what do you love? So what are you passionate about? What are the things that get you bounding out of your bed in the morning? The second one is, what are you good at? Um, what can you be best in the world at in terms of a, a business? The third circle is, what can you be paid for? Or what Jim Collins calls the economic engine that drives your business. And the fourth circle is, what does the world need that you can provide? And in the center of that circle lies Ikigai, a reason for being. I think doing the thinking about that is something that a new leader can do very quickly. What do I love? What am I good at? What can I be paid for? And pay can, the, the pay can be rewards that are not monetary. What am I rewarded for? And what does the world need that I can provide? Finding that ikigai is a starting point of beginning to be purposeful. And then it's the thought about, okay, let's overlay who I am on that, on that why. People are different. People have different motivations, different expectations, different needs, different desires. What are yours? What are the drivers that make you tick? Um, some people are driven by doing stuff, getting out there, making it happen. Some people are driven by support and care for others. Some people are driven by wanting to be around other people, to be inspired by them and inspire. Some people are driven by being thoughtful and considered in the way they do things. So who are you? And what is your why? That's how I'd start with a, a new leader. Now, that's a really different way of thinking than, uh, right, I've got to set KPIs for my key reports, or I've got to, um, I've got to uh, work out a process for my uh, spreadsheets. It's, it's a very different way, but it starts with being. We start with being, we're human beings, and then we move to doing. Sometimes, and you know, just thinking about that, you know, when I was back in corporate, that, you know, that's a really powerful thing to, for me to do. How do I, how would I get my colleagues and, and peers and bosses in the zone with me when, when they're focused on something entirely different? When, when Jennifer, my eldest daughter, reminds me of this quite a lot, we talked about her already, she, when she would come to me with a problem or a woe, um, we got to the stage, I didn't have to, she would 
tell me what the, the issue was, or the opportunity, or the and I didn't have to give her any advice. She would finish her uh, delivery of her issue with, I know, Dad, be yourself. <laughs> you know, it's a big part of that. Just keep on keeping on. I, th I think there's there's that metaphor, you know, there are some people that just will not change and we put an inordinate amount of effort into making them something different. And we think that by sticking with it, we'll get them to change. That's like trying to teach a pig to fly. The pig is never going to fly and it'll just irritate the hell out of the pig. So there's something about, you know, choosing your battles wisely in that context and working with people who get it and who understand you. Now, that's not always possible. And you come into an organization and you don't fit. Um, people stick with that for too long. I think that if you're in a place that you know you shouldn't be and you stick with it because it's a job, it will become just that and it will drag you down. My thought there would be play, play a high risk game because you're probably better away anyway. So push the boat out on these things and take more risks because you're probably going to leave anyway. Yeah. Um, all that stuff is really, really hard, Caroline. You know, if you're if you're in a role, you're the breadwinner, and there isn't another job to go to. It's very, very tough. But you have to start with with self. You have to start with the inner strength, and build that resilience yourself. And with other, when others look at you as if you've got two heads, what do you mean? You want to talk about love in the workplace? When when those covers those things are happening. Um, just be, just be yourself in, in that moment. That if if you and I speak to uh, a thousand people, there will be a thousand opinions of you or I, and we don't have much control over any of them. What we do have control over is how we show up. So are we on purpose? Are we doing the things that, that are important to us, that are meaningful to us? And um, that that spreads. And then what we talked about a moment ago, our immediate circle is where we can start. We don't have to boil the ocean or change the world. We just start where we are with what we've got and the rest will take care of itself. Yeah. And, you know, I love that, by the way. Even pigs will be irritated by trying to make them fly. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, you funny. know, there's there's just so, there's so many parts to that that we could, um, we could download and digest and, um, you know what? The other, the other, the other thing, by the way, I just it came to mind, Caroline. If you like the pig stories, um, the other metaphor that, I, that sometimes I'll use in that context is that try to change one of those really negative mood Hoover type people is like wrestling with a pig. You both get dirty, but the pig loves it, right? <laughs> so there's lots of those, lots of those metaphors. I'm here all week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put this in the resources link. <laughs> We'll link to lots of pig pig anecdotes. Um, Another P. Exactly, exactly. Um, and just one one final um, sort of question that that's come up quite a lot for um, you know our clients who are likely to be sort of CSR heads managers or HR heads managers um, or CEOs of, of SME companies, you know, if they need to take it to their FD or, or someone else in the organization and, and say, you know, we want to do this on purpose thing, we want to help communities, we, we want to do more. 
and they say, ah, oh, but it's not in the budget. You know, that that that's that's a tough one. And we understand now in particular that money is is, you know, the every penny counts almost. How would you support them to to get through that? Well, uh, the first thing to say is that these we talked about soft skills versus human skills. The soft skills are not soft skills, they're hard skills. They're human skills and they're needed. It's the same with this kind of work. With, with, And we talked about not separating it from, you know, it's not something we do on the side. It's something that's integrated into what we do. And I think it's a bit like, it's a bit like staying fit. It's like looking after your health. If you don't take time to look after your health now, you'll have to take time to look after your health later. And that's the movement that's happening with the triple bottom line and with social businesses and with all businesses right now, that it's, this is becoming, it's no longer a nice to do this, that you have to pay for somehow out of a, out of a budget. This is a qualifier now for, for organizations around the world. It doesn't fly anymore. There is so much attention being paid by people who, who want to, to make a movement that you can't get away with it. The behaviors that organizations used to get away with, you just can't do it. Now, that gradually shifts over time so that um, it becomes part of the right thing to do. And I think we're getting to that place. So, so that my first thought with the FD or whoever is actually this is this is real hard, fast, and valuable, and it's demonstrable. You know, engage, this kind of work engages people's hearts and minds and spirits. That gives you discretionary effort, which means that for the same pound or dollar or euro, you're going to get more from the individual that you employ in the business as well as outside of it. So there's a real bottom line. And, and you know, that's demonstrable now. There, there, there's research that shows that. So um, that's that's the, the, the first sort of direct answer. So it's to demonstrate where's the where's the bottom line benefit, and it comes it comes in lots of interesting places. That you know that there uh, are studies showing that this kind of work now reduces absenteeism because people don't have to. They, they're not. It, it's not work life balance. It's one life that works. So there's lots of good stuff in there. The other thing is that why would why wouldn't you do it? Like social good connect. It's buttons for an organisation to 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 be part of this. It's 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 pocket change, and the cost of not doing it is much much greater than the cost of doing it. Yeah, for sure. But listen, tell me just just before we close, you know what's happening for you? What's next for you? Insights, Vida Tech. Well, what's all happening there? Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm 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 in what what the psychologists call a kind of a liminal space. So I'm I'm creating space for the shapes to a liminal space is a space of between the certainty of the past and the certainty of the future. There are no certainties, of course, there's just change, but in that space, looking for shapes to emerge. And so we've established um, uh, our own foundation in the Insights Group. Um, I'm involved in a number of uh, different social uh, activities, including Social Good Connect, of course, um, which is just an incredible, uh, an incredible thing, incredible gift to the world that you're bringing, you and your team are bringing, Carly. Um, so it's more of that, and it's finding the ways. It's that question: What does the world need that I can provide? I'm mulling on that at the moment. Um, from an insights perspective, we've been thinking about this incredible disruption that's been happening in the world, uh, disruption by COVID, disruption through the economic 
changes that Brexit's brought, the, uh, the way we're using technology now, the, the rate of pace of change is faster than it's ever been before. And it's the slowest that it's ever going to be. And getting used to that. And what do we need? What does the world need that we think we can provide right now? It's rediscovering human. It's rediscovering our relationships. It's rediscovering community. So those are the those are the places that I'm playing with and trying to add some value in right now. And it's a lot of fun. And it's great fun to be doing it with you too, Caroline. Yeah, no, th thanks, Andy. It sounds, you know, like how you just have a great life, right? You're, Better you're, than working. You're... You know, if we didn't do this, we'd have to work. <laughs> it's, you always, you always do remind that, you know, the, the ups and downs, the challenges that we all are facing, uh, you know, not just COVID, but in everyday life. It's about enjoying that journey. And um, I think that's what I admire about you, Andy, not just your, um, the wonderful generosity of time and uh, humbleness and humor that you bring and your average piano and guitar playing. <laughs> I knew uh, it was a sting in the tail, Caroline, brilliant. But listen, <laughs> right back at you, because the, the, the things about the difficulties and, and uh, having have, enjoying the journey is really important, but also like you know the conversations that we've been having about you know truly taking um, social good connect to the stars and making a dent in the universe with it, and how hard that is. But when you approach the obstacles, they're they're obstacles that that teach us things. They instruct us. They don't obstruct us at all. So we just find a way to go through them, or around them, or over them, or take them with us. Um, you know, turn them into something uh special so it's a it's you know it's kind of a mindset that, that you and i share and uh, uh i think it's important as we create the future that we want to move into absolutely andy thanks so much you are um quite possibly the winner of using the most wonderful peas in a 45 <laughs> i didn't expect interview. the pigs to appear right enough <laughs> the pigs the pressure the pleasure the privilege the Pedante, the paradox, the project, the purpose. <laughs> There's so many. There's so many. You know I think we'll do that. an award yeah. for the most, the most peas. Andy, thanks. It's been an absolute pleasure, as thanks, always, Kelly. to hang out More with party. you. The final P is um, you're a pal, and I value your friendship. So thank you. Oh, that's perfect. Thank you, Kelly. Take care. Brilliant. Some great one-liners there from Andy. I am absolutely stealing a few of those. Make sure to listen in to episode three, where I'll be chatting with Gavin Mitchell, the global companion animal director of IMV Imaging, who tells us all about veterinary radiography and the importance of having fun at work. Until next time.